0: the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. When Herod secretly called for the Magi, then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, "Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so I may also pay him homage." When they had heard that when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now many of you already know this, but in addition to my role here at Holy Trinity, I also have this other role as pastor of the South Luke Campus Ministry. And in that role... Along with my board of directors and our student leaders, we do our very best to engage with students and staff and faculty from Roosevelt, Columbia, DePaul, Robert Morris, and all of the other schools here in the South Loop neighborhood. Inevitably, and often, we are asked the question, well, how many people are you actually serving? And I used to be really insecure about answering that question, because early on, We weren't serving that many folks, and in campus ministry, it can be hard to tell exactly who and how many you are in fact serving. Because as a campus ministry, we don't have just one central moment each week where everyone shows up. We have many. From our small groups to the South Loop community table where we serve our neighbors experiencing homelessness, to inviting people here to worship on Saturday nights with Holy Trinity in the Loop to our game nights, to our trips and retreats and movie nights and everything in between. People plug in to the things when and where they can, but that sometimes means we only see them once or twice in a semester. And that doesn't even count the folks who might never gather with us formally, but know of us. And folks like that are hard to count. But what I have started to say to folks who ask us that question, how many people are you serving? I've started to say that we have about 25 students in our close orbit, and another 25 who reside in the outer rings. And it's my prayer that even if one of those community members is just peripherally drawn into our orbit, that they would experience the gravitational center of grace that we orbit as a community. I think this kind of orbital cosmic language, it really does capture the reality of campus ministry, but also the realities of the bigger religious landscape these days. There you go. Many people no longer belong to churches or attend faith communities as regularly as generations past, but that doesn't mean that we as people of faith and members of a faith community can't be the gravitational centers of grace in people's lives. And I wonder if that's how we can begin to see ourselves and maybe then we can recognize that there are many more people who are a part of what God is up to here. They might not be attending church regularly or ever, but maybe they are way out there orbiting like Pluto and the gravitational force of the center of grace that holds us holds them as well. And we are a part of something together. Or, as Paul says in our reading from Ephesians, fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. In space, it's the lighter objects that orbit the heavier ones. That's why the Earth orbits the Sun and not the other way around, because Earth is 300,000 times lighter than the Sun. But it's not just weight, it's gravity. It was Isaac Newton who realized that the reason the planets orbit the sun is related to why objects fall to Earth when dropped. The sun's gravity pulls on the planets, just as Earth's gravity pulls down anything that is not held up by another force. Heavier objects, or more accurately, more massive objects, produce a bigger gravitational pull than lighter ones. So as the heavyweight in our solar system the sun exerts the strongest gravitational pull. And if we apply some of that logic to church, then it's Christ, the Son of God, who exerts the strongest gravitational pull of grace on us. And maybe that's what drew the magi to the nativity scene in our gospel today. Maybe the star that hung over the place where Jesus was born was more than just a beacon of light. Maybe it was a massive object in space that pulled the Magi into Jesus' orbit with an unseen gravitational force of grace. After all, these Magi, they were stargazers. They would notice such changes of light and energy in the sky. They came from the east, places like modern-day Iraq and Iran. And I can't help but feel the dissonance with today's gospel reading and the current state of our world. As we hear about a moment in time where these Iranian magi encounter the grace of God in Christ and deliver him gifts fit for a king, in our own moment in time, the United States is delivering airstrikes to Iraq, killing Iranian officials. This act of war now has us on the brink of what some people are calling World War III. Oh Lord, we long for the day. the words of Paul were to come true, that through the church the wisdom of God, in its rich variety, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Is the birth of Christ powerful enough to create such a gravitational center of grace for all of us, that we have no choice but to orbit it? I would say so, yet we gaze on false light, false light from other stars, stars that promise power and protection and security and prosperity. These are lights we are drawn to, but like a moth to a flame, these lights only bring death. And when rulers and authorities who are drawn to these lights plot death in our world, we, like the Magi, can disobey (coughs) unjust orders. And we can find new roads to travel home by. And it's because the Magi have been given a new gravitational center of grace when they met Jesus that it gives their compasses new gravitational forces to be oriented to. Amen. We just finished another orbit of our sun. And in this new year, it comes with new hope. Hope of a better future, hope of better health, hope of new horizons. But with 2019 in the rear view, and 2020 off to what I would say is a pretty tumultuous start, I think the choir anthem by Rory Cooney says it best. When all the world was cruelly held in ancient winter's grasps, when hope was old and faded and strewn like shattered glass, a universe of promises stretched deep across the sky, death begun to die. Amen. This universe of promise is anchored by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born for us, who died for us, and who rose from the grave to become our gravitational center of grace. Even as we try our best to offer Christ gifts like the Magi bring—their gold, their frankincense, and their myrrh—we are simply recipients of the grace which gently pulls us into its orbit. as recipients of this grace, we then become messengers of it. Or as Paul says in Ephesians, of this gospel we have become servants according to the gift of God's grace that was given us by the working of God's power. On this epiphany, we remember that the gravitational center of grace, it pulls us and all nations and all the cosmos even into orbit. This grace that we encounter, like the Magi encountered when they met Christ, it reorients us so that we can then be about the work of grace in our own lives, which is more important now than ever, given the gravity of the crisis situation we find ourselves in these days. A way in which we are offering this grace to those in our South community here at Holy Trinity in 2020s through what we are calling the Spiritual Life Center here in the Loop. This is gonna be a place for people to come for individual counseling and for psychotherapy, but it is also our dream to also offer group wellness opportunities for folks to share certain affinities with one another, affinities like parenting or community organizing, or for folks who have shared experiences of grief. It's in this way that even if someone never comes to worship at Holy Trinity in the Loop, they can still experience the gravitational center of grace that we orbit. And maybe this spiritual life center that they will be drawn into will draw them into that orbit of grace as well. And it's because of this grace that has pulled us in that we can then invite others to experience a reorientation of our gravitational centers. Amen. With our compasses oriented to the gravity of grace encountered in Christ, new roads will emerge for us personally and collectively. And even when we lack the hope or the strength to continue on our journey, we can trust that the gravitational center of grace in Christ continues to hold us in orbit. And even in this new year, with all this early tumult that we've experienced, God will continue to carry us in grace, through this 2020 year. Sometimes moving within this graceful orbit will look like disobedience for us. Disobedience when unjust rulers deal deathly orders. But these new roads that we will experience and that we will travel by will bring us life and love abundant. Whatever the circumstances may be, may the light and warmth of Jesus Christ, our gravitational center of grace shine on us, and reflect off of us for all in our orbit to experience.